0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton, and I am so happy that you are here with me today. I have an incredible guest. Monica Kirkland is with me in this episode. Monica is married to Ryan Kirkland, who is a dear friend and worship pastor at Mountain View Church in San Juan Capistrano, and Monica and Ryan are deep wells who love Jesus and are passionate about serving Him with everything that they have. Monica is also a writer, an author, and a speaker, and it was an absolute pleasure to have this conversation with her we have a lot in common and we're both incredibly passionate about intimacy with Jesus and making space to know him and be with him and letting everything else in our lives flow out of that intimate space with him so sit back relax enjoy this time and I hope that you are encouraged with this conversation in the sacred space Monica Kirkland, welcome. Hi. <laughs> so good to have you. So honored to be here. On Sacred space. So you are the wife of a worship pastor. You're a blogger and a writer and an author and a speaker
1: and a mom to <laughs> the cutest kids on the planet. Oh. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I was um thinking about when we first met at Hume Lake. And since then, I don't know if you know this, but your name comes up quite a bit, really? like six degrees of genus Stockton. No way. Yes, it that, really does. That's hilarious. So, so honored to be here. Oh my gosh. That's funny. <laughs>
0: that's really funny. That's right. We met at Hume Lake, yep. leading worship for Ascend or Ryan was leading worship yeah. and I was te- Norm was playing bass. I was teaching some classes. That was a cool
1: it was it a cool was. time. I was newly pregnant and very yeah. nauseous. Aww. But other than that, it was, a great, it, was great. it was a great time. I know. Always so fun. So yeah, welcome. I
0: would love for you... I mean, there's so many things we could talk about. We texted yesterday, and I, I've been reading your devotional, Draw Near, which we could talk about later, which I love. It's just really sweet to uh, see your, your vulnerability, your honesty. You really have a gift in setting a table and really giving an invitation mm. for people to have grace for themselves yes. and to be real and to know that Jesus is with them right exactly where they are. And I think especially for people in your stage of life with mm. young little kiddos, we're in this day and age with Instagram and so many things where it's so easy to feel like we're just falling short, that we're yes. not being great moms, we're not being great christians we're not being great wives we're not being great successful women in the world <laughs> yes. you know like all of the things and i thought you did just such a sweet powerful job you, you, there's authority in it but there's never a condescension in it mm. it's just very sweet and honest so so yeah i would love for you to share your story like who are like who is monica
1: <laughs> Who is Monica? <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for that. That really means a lot. I think that was my hope for the book because every good thing in my life has come out of my intimacy with Jesus, out of drawing near to him. And so it is always just my hope to encourage other people, um, to walk intimately with him and to hear his voice and allow his love to transform them from the inside out. Yeah, it's good. So I grew up, you know, in a really broken home, um, a family riddled with alcoholism and addiction and there was sexual abuse Mm -hmm. and my childhood felt so traumatic, but I felt like it, it shows and reveals the way that God can truly take you out of just the depths out of the yeah. darkest pit and he can really transform you and renew you yeah and give you hope so yeah. that you no longer have to live as a victim you don't have to stay in those old patterns and yeah. continue um the generational cycles that yeah. you really can break free so good and so that is the freedom that i'm passionate about other people hmm. embracing the so freedom good. that we have
0: that's awesome. I can totally relate to that, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's that, there's something about the redemption of a legacy mm-hmm. of, like you said, stopping that generational pattern and yes. and saying no to that, saying yes to Jesus and, and really watching redemption at work. And redemption is, I always say, it's it's not a pretty linear path. Mm-hmm. It's kind of messy and all over the place, but it's miraculous and it's yes. powerful and When you see God in those places and you see that redemption firsthand, it it changes you. Mm -hmm. It like really changes your faith and all the things that you believe. It goes from being the cute little verse that's on a Hobby Lobby, (laughs) you know, wall hanging (laughs) to like, no, 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 that's truth.
1: Yes. And when you experience that kind of life-changing truth, then you're passionate about other people experiencing it too. Yeah. And so it's out of that overflow of what God's done for us that we get to tell about it. We get to go and and share that good news with people because it, it is really good news.
0: Yeah. So share, share that. So you're in this home that's broken and has a lot of brokenness. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure as a little girl, you know, that, I mean, I, I know firsthand, like it, It messes Mm. with you and it it forms you. You start to make choices to protect yourself and you start to have an identity and wave banners.
1: Yes. And
0: that's not the the banner that God has over you. (laughs) You know, it's these banners that we put up. Um, So yeah. So what did that look like? And then when did you, when did you meet Jesus?
1: So for me, you know, not growing up in a Christian home, kind of like the way that I protected myself was to retreat inward. I was really in my head a lot, and um, I just kind of had these barriers where I would just kind of curl up into myself and retreat inside. And um, Hmm. it felt safe, but looking back, I see how dark it really was. Um, And when I came to the Lord, it was actually um, a friend of mine invited me to youth group and she told me about all the cute boys that were there so naturally as <laughs> hey whatever works 13 right? year old girl i was like sign me okay. up okay <laughs> let's do this and it was there that i met the two most important men in my life Aww. jesus and my husband Aww. so um you know god used that simple invitation from a middle school girl yeah. to totally wreck my life in the best way so and good. um and it just, it wasn't, you know, some people's testimonies are like, just snap your finger, life changed completely. Yeah. And my journey to healing has really been more gradual and yeah, incremental. And I think that that's actually something to hold on to for people that it is. It, we can get so defeated and discouraged. Like, yeah. why are other people experiencing this change? And mm-hmm. why am I stuck in these, in these patterns I want to be free from? And sometimes God takes us on a journey of yes. healing and, um, Sometimes we're not ready for all of it right at yes. once. And so he, it's a gradual process. And so that's been me, you know, these last, what, 16, 17 years of following him, that he's just taken me through this this healing journey and process. And it's always come, again, out of pursuing him more than I pursue the healing. I pursue him. Oh, and so good. And out of that, the healing yes. flows. No, I'm so glad
0: you said that because it's it's so true i think you know so many people long well there's two things you hit on isolation which mm-hmm. is the enemy's number one tactic just yes you know if he can isolate us and that was even before you came to him but just to jesus but that i you know that inward self-protection was really an isolation. And that once you're isolated, then the enemy has that platform to speak all those lies and all those accusations. Mm. So there's the isolation piece, but then there's, you can be isolated in a crowd, you know, you can come to Jesus and look at everybody else and like, well, they, you know, they're doing great. And well, they're healed from all of Mm. this stuff or they're not insecure. And you start go, and then the enemy starts whispering into your ear, see, You know, if they really knew where what you were thinking this morning, if they knew how Mm -hmm. how pitiful your (laughs) prayer life is, you know, just all those things, and and then even in in the church world, you know, there's so many different, you know, there's really charismatic, and there's more fundamental, and there's certain places where, yeah, we believe in healing, we believe God can do miracles, but He's also not a genie in a bottle. Yeah, you know, where it's like, okay, heal me, heal me, heal me, and then when He doesn't do what you think he should do mm-hmm. that isn't then we can uh, the enemy turns that into rejection well mm-hmm. you're not worthy of that yeah. healing you're not worth yeah uh, he doesn't love you that much yeah he loves them that much and oh it's just insidious yeah. and i've seen it in my life i've seen it rip off people that i love yes. and so it's it's so profound and significant to for you to be able to stand here and say Jesus heals yes. there is redemption mm-hmm. it is a process he's in the middle of the hard mm-hmm. he and and isn't it his like you um also hit on sometimes we're not ready yeah. you know it's his kindness yeah. that takes us as far as we can handle mm-hmm. and then goes okay yeah good for a little bit
1: Let he, he knows best here? he yes. knows us better than we know ourselves yeah, he knows best
0: <laughs> yeah so um, so good
1: yeah I always want to encourage people, you know, especially with like God does heal both emotionally and spiritually and physically. But sometimes like if your healing hasn't happened, you know, and, and maybe it's something you've been praying for healing and you're not sure you're going to see it this side of heaven. I yeah. always want to encourage people that if you're not healed, but you have Jesus, like you have the better thing. Yeah, you know, good. especially people praying for physical healing, like it is better to have him. Yeah because he's the prize he's yeah, the reward good. like his presence is our gift and so if we want him more than we want anything else then the breakthrough i think follows after that Yeah yeah
0: and healing is is about it's so multidimensional mm-hmm. It's spiritual, it's emotional, it's mental, yeah. it's physical it's it's all of those things and and it's also never just about us, yeah, you know his economy is so different than ours, mm. and his his way is so different than ours, and the things that we deem as well, if I just had freedom here, or if I just mm. was healed of this pain, or if I just physically could get past this, then I'd be okay, or then yeah. I would have victory, but there's. There's so much more at play, and how how do we surrender and trust? I mean, it really comes down to trust. Trust, yep. You know, hundred um, percent. So yeah, so you're at the youth group, you meet Jesus. You, now you're on this journey of healing. There's some really cool things that you share. A lot of stories and draw near, and you talk a lot about um, everything from perfectionism to rejection to, you know, all that stuff. So yeah. What are some of the, the more significant moments of maybe revelation and paradigm shifts that the Lord's brought you through?
1: Yeah. I think one of the biggest moments that was just so transformative was, um, it was actually when I was pregnant with our first daughter, Evely. Um, we, I was signed up for this Bible study And it was one of those mornings where, you know, you really, like, are about to cancel. Like, you're not even sure you're going to make it. So I'm rushing out the door. I'm largely, (laughs) hugely pregnant. I'm nauseous. and um, But I go anyway, and I get there late. I'm very frazzled. And um, I didn't expect what God had for me that morning. And Mm -hmm. it's a perfect testimony that, like, sometimes when you least expect it, God— is moving in your life in a big way. And um, that morning we were talking about our identity and the names that God gives us, how he can change our name. And so we were praying and asking the Lord to, you know, give us a new name. So I closed my eyes, kind of just like, okay, let me close my eyes, not expecting to get anything. Just my heart wasn't really in the right place. And I was not in a place to even receive but God used that, and right away, I close my eyes, and I see this vision and this memory come forth that I did not remember. Hmm. And it was this memory of um, overhearing my dad talking to his girlfriend at the time about me hmm. and about my struggle with my relationship with my mom, hmm. about saying that I was like the black sheep of the family. Wow. And I just saw myself sitting in the room with him right outside the window saying these things. And God showed me that that day I had partnered with the spirit of rejection. Yeah. That, you know, when you encounter rejection from the people that are supposed to love you the most and accept you the most, it, it can shatter your spirit. And, um, and I didn't even like that memory wasn't something I consciously knew. And yet God was so faithful to reveal it to me to, again, take me on this journey of healing Yeah. And he spoke to my spirit that day in the vision and said, you know, I'm changing your name from rejected to accepted. Mm-hmm. And it just birthed this new identity for me as I realized how much that spirit of rejection really was affecting my life, my relationships, yeah. um, my dreams, my just yeah, it seeps my, into everything. It seeps into yeah. everything and all that, you know, insecurity that bubbled up that came out of that and Um, And so it was such a profound word from God. And, you know, again, it wasn't like a one and done. Like after that day, I never struggled with the spirit of rejection. It's more like a daily surrender. Yeah. Like, God, thank you that you accept me. Thank you that um, you have written this new name over my life and help me to receive the true acceptance that comes from you Yeah. so that I'm not looking outside of you for my worth and my validation. So good.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things you said that I think were so significant. One is that yeah, I love that you said that I wasn't even really ready to hear it. I'm like, okay, I'm closing my eyes. I'm pregnant. I'm here, whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I love that because I think we put so much weight on having to be in the rightest mindset or mm-hmm. in the place. Okay. 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 I have to, yes. you know, like there's some magic thing that I have to do to be ready to receive and, yeah. And yeah, sometimes that's, I mean, sometimes there's those moments where we just can't, we're distracted Mm -hmm. or it's just not time. But sometimes I think you, as you said earlier, you know, God knows when we're ready. Mm -hmm. And um, if we're in that place where we love him and we're pursuing him, we're not always going to get it right. But when he's ready, he's going to meet us. Yes. And he can, you know, sometimes it's just that act of obedience. It's a sacrifice of praise. It's a, I'm going to let my actions dictate rather than my emotions or my feelings or, or that. Um, and I'm just going to be obedient and posture myself, whether I feel it or not. And Mm -hmm. you did that. And God, something spoke something incredibly profound, you Mm -hmm. know, that probably at that point changed the trajectory. And, um, I love that you said it isn't necessarily one and done. And I'm not saying that it isn't sometimes like God, I love that God, Jesus heals differently all the time in the Bible. Cause we, we are a, a creatures of habit and we want a prescription. Like mm-hmm. here's the three things you do and then, yes you know, but Jesus doesn't heal that way. And so there's a, there's processes and some things are instant and some mm-hmm. things are, you know, here's the beginning of the journey. But what's powerful when the Lord speaks something profound like that, and you have this revelation of mm-hmm. Spirit of reject, like I never put two and two together, yeah. you know, and that power is broken and that stronghold yes. is really uprooted, because we talk about taking our thoughts captive. But the yes. p- first part of that verse is, you have the power and the authority to tear down every stronghold and mm-hmm. every high thing that yes. exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If I start with taking my thoughts captive and I haven't dealt with the high things,
1: wow, that's good. Then,
0: you know, I'm gonna struggle. But even after you do that, it's not necessarily that you have this superpower that you're never going to ever, you know, be insecure, yes. or never feel rejected.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it
0: means that you're going to now recognize where it's coming mm-hmm. from. Yes. You know, and I had a situation shortly after my mom died. My parents were alcoholics. They weren't married, grew up in a gnarly um, home, and my mom died of alcoholism. It's a long story. I won't get into all of it. One of these days I'll share it (laughs) on the podcast, but, um, she died. And when she first died, it felt like the Lord picked me up. Like I was just seeing him everywhere. He was moving really in crazy ways. And he showed up in such profound ways, even through her death and made it so clear he was in it with her and me Mm -hmm. and everything else. But exactly a month after she died, it was like, he put me down. And then all of this stuff came after me. Mm. I just thought I was going to hurt myself, hurt my kids become an alcoholic. Like, I mean, just all of sure. the, the things. Um and I ended up going and getting some prayer ministry from a sweet couple. And the Holy Spirit identified some pretty significant strongholds and, you know, a lot of things were broken that night and I I really appreciated his wisdom and he just said, "Okay, these strongholds are gone, like you're free, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean they're never going to be tempting you again. They're never going to yeah. be whispering those things again. The the difference is, you know, now, you yes. know, you know, their voice, you know, the difference between that voice and Jesus. And now, you know, your authority and you could take,
1: you know, yes. you could take
0: authority over that. And so don't, don't feel like you're never going to struggle with those thoughts again, mm-hmm. but now you have a power and authority over yes. it. And I think that's the key of, of trusting and believing that Jesus is who He says He is, mm-hmm. um, he, those things that He spoke to you are yes and amen. Yes, <laughs> it is fin. You know, yeah. finished. So when the enemy comes back and mm-hmm. his he's he doesn't have anything new to say. Yes, <laughs> it's the same old thing. It's the did the God accuser, did God yeah. really say that? Mm-hmm. You know, now you have the authority to recognize that you're exhausted. That you have had a rough week and you've gotten in that place where you're getting beat up and Mm -hmm. now you can pull yourself back, get back into his presence and remind yourself that, you know Mm -hmm. what, that isn't true. Yeah. Yeah, I think you
1: definitely nailed it. That's, I feel like that day was so powerful and such a shift because the stronghold was broken Yeah, and now I can recognize it so that if the thought comes up like the stronghold is broken, but if the thought comes up, I can take it captive. Yeah, and that's what the Lord has showed me that I am powerful to do by His holy Spirit is to yeah. to take the thoughts captive so they don't have as much power over me, yeah. you know and and to recognize hmm. um, that it's not it's not just me and it's not the voice of God, it's the voice of, of the accuser.
0: Yeah, so good. So as we've been talking about redemption of legacy and stepping away from the brokenness of your original family, how then do you re-enter and re-engage with that, your family of origin? How do you have boundaries? How do you stay in that place of health and building this new legacy with your family and your kids while not holding on to offense and bitterness and hurt for what um, happened in the past?
1: So... In, I actually, similar to you, I lost my dad when I was 23 to um, alcoholism. Mm-hmm. He had liver failure. And um, God was really faithful. He wasn't a believer. He was an atheist most of my life. But in his last days, we were able to go and be with him. Um, we flew to Florida to be with him and and say our goodbyes. And he allowed us to pray over him and, you know— My relationship with my father, it was strained and there were boundaries that I had to put in place um, to protect myself and my children, but I never, I made the choice to never write off anyone in my family. And the most um, impactful thing that helped me in my relationship with, you know, both my father as an alcoholic and my mother who um, has a lot of um, mental health issues and addiction issues has been to ask God to show me. Not as show them not as they are, but as who he made them to be. So good, yeah. And um, it renewed my perspective of them yeah. and helped me to see that they too are fighting a battle. Yeah, they too have an enemy of their soul who's trying to keep them down. Yeah, and they might not have experienced the same breakthrough and freedom that I've had, but it gave me this renewed sense of grace over them. Yeah, it's good. And this ability to love them it it didn't mean I didn't have to have boundaries. I still do with my mom. And yeah. Have a lot of boundaries to protect myself and my children. Yeah. Um, but I never, I just made the, the choice to not write them off and to continue to faithfully pray for them and to pray yeah. for their breakthrough and their healing. That's so
0: good. Um, I'm really glad you said that because I, you know, I went through a similar,
1: <laughs> a similar process. Yeah.
0: You know, there's just that, there's that moment where you grieve the loss of the parents that you we're never going to have, yeah. right? You mm-hmm. kind of accept the reality of that wasn't in your life and you kind of release them from the expectation that they're ever going to measure mm-hmm. that because those expectations actually do more damage the, to us than yes. to them, right? 100%. And there is incredible freedom when you can get to that side of compassion and see them through the eyes of Jesus as broken people who are loved by him
1: mm-hmm.
0: and who really have just never been able to recognize and receive mm-hmm. the fact that they have worth and value and that all the, all of the, all of the brokenness, all of the things that have inflicted so much harm are really the manifestations of their hurt Yeah, and all those strongholds in their life and all of the protections that they've set yes. up because of the pain that they've mm-hmm. been through. And it really allows you to set boundaries, not from a making vows, judgmental place. Mm -hmm. Like I will never, you (laughs) will never, you know, but it's more, this is what you can do. You know, this is the appropriate place for this. And I do love you. And here's where that lives, you know? And yeah, I think it's hard to articulate, but Mm. it's, it's pretty profound. Because it allows for freedom for you to, to move forward and to establish yes. your family and yes. establish the legacy that you want to create and establish a home environment and an atmosphere yes. that is different. And you don't need to be an expert to do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You just need to be dependent and surrendered.
1: Yes, that's yeah. so good. I love what you said about you know expectations because I think a lot of breakthrough came for me when I when I adjusted my expectation of what yeah. my relationship with my parents would be like, you know, and I stopped comparing, you know, I think when in my younger years and in high school, especially I would look at, you know, the parents, my friends in school had, and I felt this longing for yeah. that. And that's totally normal. Totally, and, you know, of course we want that. But when I when I really just adjusted my expectations that they weren't going to maybe be that role in my life, God brought healing through people who would mother me and father me spiritually. Yes. And and then I could just love my parents, you know, apart from that and just release some of the expectations and just love them for for where they're at. Yeah. The same way I would love anyone else who's in need of Jesus totally mercy. And God really mothered me and fathered me spiritually, um, which was so such a So good. Gift. And, you know, I think letting go of those expectations and that
0: bitterness and hurt that mm-hmm. it isn't coming from this place that it should come yes. from allows you to receive it yes. when God brings it from someplace else. Totally. Because he is faithful to do mm-hmm. that. Like yes. the spiritual moms and dads that God has brought in my life and still does. I mean, I'm 52 (laughs) and I still, God still, I still have that need for, for that love, that, guidance that, you know, all of those uh, grandparents for my kids, you know, my kids didn't experience grandparents, like other people, you know, and and there's, and that's brings up another point. There's like the different levels of the grieving and loss and acceptance Mm -hmm. and moving on. It's like, first it's like, well, I didn't have the mom and dad who did, we didn't do this. We didn't do that. Mm -hmm. They didn't love me this way. You let go of that. You surrender that. You can forgive them for that. Mm -hmm. You can release them from that. Yes. And then you can receive the other ways God brings it into your life. And then when you get married and you have kids, then there's another level of that a yes. little bit. You know, it's like,
1: oh, yeah. you know like, like you want help, you to- <laughs> like <laughs> you
0: want help, you want that support, yes. you want your kids to in- have doting grandparents of that course. love them and do all those mm-hmm. things. And so then there's another layer. Sometimes again, if we're not ready for all of it because here's another layer of the onion can I surrender that and then Mm -hmm. receive it where it is going to come because God does bring it. And it's so, it's such a a powerful, Mm -hmm. I think we underestimate how much holding on to offense or bitterness or hurt really robs us of the provision that is right in front of us. Yes. And I'm not saying it's easy, Mm -hmm. but... It's amazing how we get stuck like right here, you Mm -hmm. know, and can't see the forest for the trees. And so we're longing for so many things. Mm -hmm. And it's like Israel in the desert, you know, you can long for the promised land and long, keep looking everywhere. And there's a miracle in front of you. There's manna coming from heaven. And my dissatisfaction and my Mm -hmm. angst and my wishing it looked like A, B, or C makes me Mm -hmm. miss the miraculous and the love of the father that's right here. So, so it's so sweet and powerful. And what a, what a testimony to your kids, too, as they grow. Um, as Because right now they're young. They don't, yeah. they don't know any of this. But yeah. at some point, they are going to know. Mm-hmm. At some point, they're going to start asking questions. At some sure. point, they're going to be, wait, didn't you? Yeah. You know, have a daddy who did this, you know, and all those things. Yeah. And you'll be able to then I mean, that's those are those altars of remembrance, right? When they're go, Well, what's what are those stones? Actually, let me tell you. Yeah. This is how we got here. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. I think that's been um, you know, what the Lord has been reminding me in this season, you know, with four young kids and we actually, um, I don't know if you know this, but our fourth is our son. We are in the process of adopting him. Yeah, I know something about that. Yeah, yeah tell me that story. Okay. It is such a good story. Um, so before I had my third daughter, Indy, I was, we had our two girls. And one night um, I heard very clearly from the Lord, you will have a son named Isaiah. Hmm. And we weren't trying at that point. But a few months later, we we began trying, and I was so convinced, like, oh, this is going to be, we're going to have a son. He's, we're going to name him Isaiah. And Ryan, my husband, he laughed at me because he's like, uh, no, I'm not naming my son that if we have a boy. We already have our boy <laughs> name picked out. His name's going to be Rowan James. I'm not naming him that. So that must have not been from God. You cray cray. So, um, so fast forward, and we are pregnant, but it's a girl. And so I was just kind of like questioning, okay, Lord, um... I thought I was going to have a son, like it felt like such a clear word from you, but you know, so maybe we're either going to have a fourth child or, or maybe I just got it wrong and it is what it is. And we love our Indie Rose. She's our, she's only two and she's (laughs) the cutest thing. But then my sister, who you know, unfortunately hasn't been able to break mm. free quite the same way from our family. She's struggled quite a bit with a lot of addiction issues, has been in and out of rehabs and mm. mental health um, institutions, and um, and has you know suffered a lot of pain and brokenness in her life. And she had this boy named Julian, and it was her um, her fourth child, and um, she had lost custody of her previous children. Mm. And when she ended up back in rehab and back in the hospital, we had been prayerfully considering, like, well, God, what would you have us do? You know, should we step in? We had stepped in in the past, and it kind of been burned a little bit with my family. And so we we didn't want to overstep if that's not where God was leading us. Um, In the back of my mind, I was wondering, well, we're supposed to have a son named Isaiah, so, you know, maybe we shouldn't take him in because we might still have another child, you know, and get pregnant again. And... (laughs) And so we, you know, we were praying through it. And then finally, everything just came to a head. And we were like, okay, we're feeling like, you know, really just called to step in here and and get this boy. And the day that we made the decision my mom sends me his birth certificate and his information because he's going to fly on a plane to come to us. And mm-hmm. I see that his middle name is Isaiah. No way. Yeah. Wow. And I started calling because oh that's not a very common middle name. Yeah, no. And it's not something that my family, who's not really you know, Christian or didn't grow up in the church or anything would come up with that name biblically. And so it was just God like giving me this beautiful confirmation Mm -hmm. that he was the son that was promised. Yeah. And to do for him what God has done spiritually for me, like rescuing me out of the darkness, adopting me into his family, Mm -hmm. to be able to do that for our son Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: really change the trajectory of his life has been, um, just such a beautiful picture of, God's redemption. Wow. And so we are so, so grateful. Crazy. And he's really cute. He's 14 months. He's Aww. walking and running. And um and we decided to call him by Isaiah as yeah. a reminder of God's promise to us. Oh my
0: gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Oh, <laughs> oh.
1: I know. I love how God <laughs> oh, works because oh. he never ceases to amaze me. Yeah, you can never make this stuff you up. Yeah. Right? You really can't. I'm like, yeah, it's too good. That's
0: amazing. Mm. Wow. Well, congratulations. So when is the adoption it's going through right now?
1: We, yeah, we're working with attorneys to kind of um, solidify everything. God willing, my sister, she's been very cooperative and is really thankful that he's in a good home and that he, you know, is going to get to grow up with siblings. And so it's, it's really, God has been so faithful throughout the whole journey and um, he really just completes our family in this really beautiful way. So So we're so grateful. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing.
0: I would love to. So we talked earlier before we started recording about intimacy with Jesus. Yeah. And that's something we both share an affinity for <laughs> as should all. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's easy to talk about intimacy with mm. Jesus for some, it's not so easy for others. Mm. I think the word intimacy has been hijacked by the world. And mm. some people are even just really uncomfortable with the word intimacy. Mm. Um, but really, we're just talking about relationship. We're yeah. talking about knowing and being known, seeing mm-hmm. and being seen, yes. <laughs> loving and being loved uh, by the one who made us yeah. for said relationship. <laughs> um, but at different stages of life, there's different challenges to that. There's different challenges to even knowing how to facilitate that for myself. Mm -hmm. And especially, I think, you know, I think it's really cool for you as a young mom with you've got a house full. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) To say the least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how how does that play out for you practically? You know, in the day-to-day of the chaos and the crazy and the dirty diapers and Mm -hmm. messy house and being the wife of a pastor and the expectations there. Like, how do you realistically... Mm -hmm. Find that and give yourself permission,
1: yeah. In that, so I think for me, what I've discovered is that I really have a desperate need for Jesus and for time with Him. And apart from Him, all the things that I'm doing you know, mothering my children, um, writing, speaking, working like, none of it's possible apart from Him. I'm, yeah, you know, I need him. I need to be intimate with him. I really need his presence to sustain me, to do yeah. all those things and to do them well and to do them with mercy and grace. Yeah. Um, and so practically for me, it's like, I need this. And because I need it, I'm going to reorient my life in a way that makes time for it. Yeah. So there's two things um, that have really helped me is one being vocal about my need for it. Mm, it's um, you know it, expressing to my husband like, Hey, I really, I need some time in prayer and some time with the Lord. Can I have 30 minutes? And sometimes I'll just go up and listen to worship music and just soak in God's presence. Sometimes I'll go for a walk and I'll just do like a prayer walk through my neighborhood and just talking to God. Yeah. Um, and so it, it looks different on the day to day, but I just, I've had to learn to be really vocal about what I need That's really and good. not be all or nothing. Like I'm not in a season where I can go away on a weekend retreat and just like, yeah. Pray and be alone and like have full on silence. Like that sounds great for another season, but for now, like yeah. even 30 minutes yeah. will will really impact my life and my relationship with the Lord. So, um, not being all or nothing, but just receiving yeah, and God good. is faithful. Like when we give him our little, he'll do a lot. It's so good. And yeah. that's what I found. Like he'll yeah. take the little bit of time that I present as my humble offering yeah. and he'll, and he'll work and do great things, um, in our relationship And then the other thing is I realized, um, that even in the moments of my day when that's not possible and I can't sneak away, I used to think that like, Oh, you know, the morning was the holy time and I had to (laughs) get up before the kids and sneak downstairs and have my quiet time. And then God just reminded me like, there's not one part of the day that's holier than another part. And so so now I'm like. I'm sweeping my floors in my kitchen, or I'm doing the mm-hmm. dishes. Like I'm praying the whole time. I'm worshiping. I'm yeah. I'm constantly in communion with Him, and not and not viewing it like separate, yeah, like it's comar- compartmentalized. It's like my whole yeah. life is is in fellowship with Him. He's with me in all the doing and the working and the raising of the kids, yep. and so I just invite Him into every moment. So good. Yeah, I love that. You know, I think that there was probably in the,
0: like, 90s and 2000s, probably more the 2000s, mm-hmm. that, like, kind of quiet time, you <laughs> yes. know, like, there was a big, you you know, have that, that special chair in yeah. your house, in yes. that corner, with your basket, with your devotionals, and your books, and your <laughs> yes. highlighters, and your pens, yeah. and, like, set an alarm, and, you know, and it's, like, all this stuff, and I think there was good intention behind it, but yeah. it just creates another kind of religious sure exercise Mm -hmm. and recognizing that it, it doesn't have to look the same part of what you are able to do that. I think a lot of people need to start figuring out a little bit is, is, you know, that, Mm -hmm. you know what, I need 30 minutes. Not everybody can even say they need 30 minutes because they just don't know. Yeah. And so I would maybe even encourage people like you don't know unless you try. Like just give it a shot like find out like yeah. w- what is that time of day where you're exhausted like even this morning you know i lived my life on my computer yeah. you know <laughs> and i just said i'm going to go sit outside and yeah. i sat outside it was like the most beautiful day it was literally 15 minutes yes. with my bible on my lap but it was just like and i don't i think i read two verses the rest of the time was just
1: Sitting. <laughs> breathing and yeah. just
0: thanking God for his yes. presence and that alone just shifts and reorients yes. you so that you're postured differently throughout yes. the day and um you know the Thessalonians verse i think it's second Thessalonians 5:16 or first Thessalonians 5, <laughs> but it's the rejoice always pray without ceasing and everything mm. give thanks yes um do not quench the spirit do not despise prophecies but in everything um, so and I think we get so caught up in rejoice always, you know, pray without ceasing, you know, okay, <laughs> holy person, yeah. you know, but it, but it's what you said. It's, yeah. it's doing housework and thanking God for your family, praying for your kiddos, yes. um, praying for his presence in your home, praying protection over your husband, interceding for a friend. It's, it's just being in that Place where you're inviting him into those moments,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that is what relationship is it's yes. choosing to be in his presence because he's all, he's always present, mm-hmm. but I can choose to be in his presence yes. or not. Yep. Um, like I say often, proximity doesn't equal presence. Like mm. I can be in, I could be near him, but not yeah. with him. Totally. So it's really what does it look like to be with him, even in the messy and the crazy and the ugly and the, yeah. all the things. He wants to be with us in yes. all of it. And I think that's the thing that we, we try to keep him in his holy place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I ran a little bit here and there yeah. to go, oh, I love you or, oh, I need this. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, oh, I can worship totally. you on Sundays, but he wants to be present. Like the veil yes. was torn so that we could be with him yes. all the time yes, in the middle of the ugly cry or yes whatever's happening. So I just, I love that.
1: I love what you said about proximity doesn't always mean presence because for me, you know, even it's so true in all of our relationships, like you can, you know, be laying next to your husband in bed, but if you're both on your phones, like you're not really in each other's presence, you're close to each other, but you're not together. (laughs) Yes.
0: That is almost an exact quote from the the podcast I did with Norm on marriage. Oh, really? yeah, Yeah, it's true. Like, you have to choose to engage yes. in relationship and God's already choosing to engage with us. Are yeah. we gonna choose to engage with him? Yep. And and let him in and let go of all of the formalities mm-hmm. and just yeah. get to know him like I'd like to say that you know I, I know my husband like you can yeah. learn a lot about Norm on the internet yeah. he's Norm Stockton <laughs> he's, he's world famous Norm we tease him but you can learn that he lived in Japan that he's yeah. played bass since he was a kid you know all he lives mm-hmm. in Mission Viejo he's married but I know him yes. like I he walks in a room and I can tell if he's if something's bothering him yeah. I can tell him if he's in pain I, so we good. go to a restaurant I know what he's gonna order because I know him yes. he's gonna ask for no tomatoes and like, you know like yeah. I know him because I've invested that time with him, yeah, and it's the same thing with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, and it goes to we were talking about prayer and intimacy, and and there's so many believers who don't believe they can hear God's voice, mm-hmm. or they really struggle with that, and yeah, that's a part of knowing Him when you're intentionally seeking him and in his presence, you start Mm -hmm. to know his voice. You know, the Bible says my sheep hear my voice. Yes, It's because the reason sheep know the voice of the shepherd is because they're with him all the time. Yes. Like constantly. So they, all they need to do is, all he needs to do is grunt or whistle or say, Hey, and they come because they know his voice and we can know his voice too. And it's not some magic holier than thou, Mm -mm. um, process. It's just, it's just being with him.
1: Yes. I love that. I always tell people, you know, come expectantly, like yeah. I come to my you know time with the Lord and I want to come expectant to hear him because I am his sheep and I can hear his voice. Yeah. And you know, if there's someone out there where that feels really new and foreign, always just start by, you know, breaking off the lie that you can't hear yeah. from God and then come expectantly, like, you know, arms out, heart open, like ask God to open your ears and your mind to really begin to hear him. Yeah. And then trust that the more you grow in your walk with him, the clearer and louder his voice will be in your life.
0: Absolutely. So good. Yeah. Well, Monica, um, I really appreciate you and God bless you and all that he's doing and all that he has in front of you. Not just, ooh, you wrote a book and you're going to speak and all those things, but just in your identity as his girl and your willingness to just depend on him and trust him and say yes to him, whether it's speaking or writing something or whether it's adopting a sweet boy Mm. or whether it's just being home with your kiddos and and teaching them what love looks like. And so... God bless you.
1: Thank you so much. It's been so good to chat with you and hear more of your story as well and connect with you. So thank yeah, you so much for having fun. me.
0: Well, we covered a lot of ground in this conversation, but before we go, I just want to take a moment and there may have been a few things that hit you. Maybe you're in a place where you've been wanting to God to heal you now. And you've been struggling with willingness to be on a journey of healing. Maybe the enemy has been accusing you and telling you that you aren't worthy that there's something you've done or haven't done that is hindered your healing. Right now, in Jesus' name, I just want to break off the lie that says you're not good enough, that you're not worthy, that somehow God has decided that you don't deserve to be healed. And in Jesus' name, I just pray for the Holy Spirit, for God's loving presence to surround you, to cover you, to comfort you, And to give you eyes to see his provision right here, right now, in the waiting. Maybe you could relate to Monica's story about being rejected. About being a a young girl and hearing words that were so harmful and hurtful. From the people that should have been loving and encouraging and surrounding and comforting. And you can relate to that rejection, those things that form us, that malform us so in Jesus name right now I just pray for those who are listening who have battled with the spirit of rejection and we just take authority over that spirit in Jesus name and we say no we renounce the spirit of rejection we repent from coming to agreement with those lies and Father in Jesus name Would you give us capacity to receive the truth that we are accepted in the beloved? Maybe because of all of that hurt with family of origin and things that have happened or didn't happen, brokenness perpetuated, and things that were lost or stolen. But how do you adjust your expectations? How do you have healthy boundaries? How do you surrender offense and bitterness? How do you give Jesus your pain and your hurt? And through forgiveness, release the people in your life that just aren't capable of meeting those needs. And receiving the gift of those things coming from other places, receive the gift of the provision that may be right in front of you that you just missed, because you've been so longing for what you think it should look like and where you think it should come from. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, I just pray for healing. I pray for your presence. I pray right now for supernatural capacity to discern and see, to surrender and to receive, to forgive. So, Lord, I thank you for your sons and daughters who are listening right now. I thank you that Every one of them is seen and known and loved. I thank you that you are for them, that you are above, below, and front, behind, and on either side. Your thoughts towards them outnumber the grains of sand. You delight in them and you rejoice over us with singing and your banner over us is love. In Jesus' name, I just pray that you would give each of them gifts of your presence, of your voice, and of your goodness this week. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sacred Space Podcast, and I hope that you go follow Monica on Instagram, that you would go check out her website, monicakirkland.com. There is a link in the episode notes, and if you go to her website, you can get a free copy of her devotional, Draw Near, and I really encourage you to do that. It's well-written, it's short, simple, and just makes space to hear from Jesus, to get into His presence, to acknowledge Him and worship Him and orient our hearts towards Him, If you want to support the production of this podcast and other projects by Stockton Ministries like the Dwell Project, which is being released next month, you can make a tax-deductible donation by clicking the link in the episode notes going to StocktonMinistries.com and clicking the donate button in the top right-hand corner. Also, just stop by, check out the website. There's a lot of great things, and we just would love to hear from you. So email us, let us know what God's doing in and through you. And if you haven't already, would you rate and review this podcast, which really helps us get the word out and share it with your friends. If you love this episode, just send it to somebody, post it on Instagram, let people know you are our best advertising. Well, I hope that you have an amazing week and that you know that you're loved. We'll see you next time in the sacred space.